0: Gunfighter Cast. I'm your host Daniel Shaw. I'm here today with buddy George Hill from MadOger.com, Crusader Training, and now Uprising USA. He's a critically acclaimed <laughs> author. <laughs> Thank, hey, you. Thank you.
1: Hey George, Dan. Uh, you know it's it's fun. It's been a while since I've been on Gunfighter Cast, so I uh, uh, enjoyed it last time. So I was really looking forward to it uh, doing it again. Uh, yeah, Uprising is a uh, Uh, it's, it's a fun story and it's, uh, it's a little different from other zombie books because it's uh first person perspective. It's what, I don't know, you, you have these discussions in gun forms. What would you do if, and I kind of went and answered that question in uh short story form and, um, uh, with my brother, I kind of started out working with my brother on it and kind of going back and forth in, uh, uh, point of view shifts between my perspective and his perspective, and it it kind of took off. Um, I posted it on we the Armed, and so it, people started reading it, and they're like, "Oh, this is kind of fun. This is this is cool. Let you know, can I can I can I jump in and post? You know, my little thing." And and I was like, "Yeah, sure. This is you know a, a discussion forum. So yeah, go ahead and let it roll." And people started putting in their own stories. And, and that kind of synergy encouraged me to keep writing it. And next thing you know, you know, I have, you know, over 600,000 words written, which is a a pretty good sized chunk of a, you know, that's a pretty good sized novel right there. And, uh, everybody else's stories on top of that, uh, side stories and the way the other writer's stories would mesh with my own, uh, was just fantastic. And then one of the uh, other Uprising authors started posting links to music videos. And so now all of a sudden the story had a soundtrack. And it was just amazing, a a lot of fun. So Uprising USA turned into Uprising UK, where the story continues. And my book on that is almost almost—it's almost done. I'm kind of going through a rewrite and uh, kind of editing it. And then we're going to go to Uprising Russia, and then Uprising in China, where the story originally started as the zombie plague was created in China. So it's going to kind of go around the world and then eventually come back to the actual very beginning. I've got a contract already with White Feather White Feather Press, and that's amazing. Uh, Skip Coriel of White Feather Press offered me this contract for all four. Uh, he read the story. He really got into it. And... Before the first book was even published, she's like, yeah, I want all four. And so that was kind of incredible. But there's going to be other books as well by the other authors who are putting together their own thing. So you're going to have, you know, my books, and then there's, you can get uh, uh, the books from some of the other members. And the way they intermesh and intermingle and tell, you know, different versions of the same story uh, from the different points of view, kind of like Ender's Shadow kind of enhanced interest game, and it made you go back and read them both. So it's going to be uh, a very epic-scale story. Uh, guarantee you're going to like it. You're going to have fun. It's a little tongue-in-cheek, not trying to take things too seriously, and it just kind of gets out of control. It's it's a lot of fun. It's all about having a good time.
0: You know, what I particularly liked about it was the personal view. It was basically, it's, it's some chapters was, you know, every zombie lover, gun lover's dream come true, from the girls you run into, To the bad guys, to the the killing the zombies, to the guns you had. It was just everybody's dream come true. And then all of a sudden it was your worst nightmare. You know, it was, uh, it had a lot of cool parts and and then the the scary parts and stuff are kind of, you know, worrisome, I guess you could say. But the funniest thing was, and I put that kind of in my little review I gave you, but, uh, was the little small little things that you dropped that only gun owners are going to get. Like there's, so people who just love zombies that aren't into guns. That don't know gun brands and a lot of gun stuff, um, they're not gonna get some of the jokes that are in these books. They're not gonna understand why right. it's funny that you searched that guy, uh the gold guy that was hanging out with all the the necklaces and everything and he ended up having like a lot of money and credit cards and stuff and uh a nineteen eleven a nickel plate a nineteen eleven chamber in thirty eight super. And then you said nothing useful and you know just stuff like that or or how you left the high points, you know, or something like that, but it's instead of picking them Oh, up. yeah,
1: you got to take the pickups.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of little small yeah. things in there. I liked it like that part.
1: Yeah, you know, I I work in a gun store uh, and, you know, I'm I'm working with Joe Chetwood at Crusader Weaponries and um taking care of the uh yeah. the Crusader training stuff. So firearms is pretty much what I do. So I've got the firearm stuff in there. And I'm also kind of gearhead, and, and you know, I kind of make fun of the Toyota, Toyota Prius, you know, and I, I light one on fire just because I could, because it's a zombie apocalypse and nobody can stop me. Uh, you know, every, you know, most people are dead, so you know, there's a Toyota Prius. I, I'm going to light that on fire just for fun, because I hate the Prius. Um, there's, there's some other stuff. Um, you know, talk, talking with our friend Mark Walters with Armed American Radio, he doesn't quite get zombies. And I've tried to explain it to him, and, and I think once he starts reading Uprising, and, and he, he's already got a copy, that, uh, he's gonna kinda, kinda get it, because the zombie is like the perfect, it, it's the perfect monster, because you can use zombies, and we in Gun Forums talk about zombies as a metaphor for not just walking undead, but for any kind of natural disaster or emergency situation. But also as, a, you know, this creature that can take a lot of damage. It doesn't feel pain. It doesn't stop coming after you. Um, that that right there is scary. But th- there's the other aspect that these can be people that you know, and so that kind of makes it personal as well. And that just makes it a nightmare. Um, going along with uh, what was it, AMC's The Walking Dead TV series. That have you have you seen that? Yep,
0: I saw the first season.
1: Yeah, the first season. Remember that scene where? Um, uh, the guy that played on, uh, was it Jericho? Uh, it's the guy, you know, the main character, you know, he gets hit, hit in the head with a shovel and knocked out. Mm-hmm. They bring him to his house. And then he goes upstairs and he's got his rifle. And he's, he's looking out the window and he sees his wife, who's now a zombie. And he puts the crosshairs of his rifle on his wife's face. You know, and then he kind of like, he can't do it. You know, he, and... If you put yourself in and, and the actor there, he really played it, and he really made me think, could I do that? Man, I, you know, I don't know. I, that would be hard. That would be a really hard thing, you know, because it's easy to say, oh, it's a zombie shooting the head, but, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at your loved one.
0: But I don't, I don't know how much you can tell here without ruining anything or without really angering someone in your family, but you ran into a family member in, uh, in Uprising.
1: Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did, and that was a lot of fun to write. And uh, I think I captured her character very well. <laughs> and, uh, Scary. <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But, uh, yeah, if, if, you read, if you read that, you know everything about her that, that you need to know. But uh, there's going to be some other kind of twists like that later in Uprising Russia, um, where there's going to be, you know, more significant deaths, and there's going to be a lot more human... Uprising, Rush. I've got a lot more good stuff because in, in in Uprising, I kind of explain how through biology a zombie could be plausible. And I don't know if you got through that part yet. Yep. Well, yeah, you had to get that part, but oh, I said it actual- in uh,
0: about three days, and that was with doing regular dad stuff and work stuff at the same time.
1: <laughs> oh, nice! You hammered through it. You know, so you so you know the established biology that I've got going on. Mm-hmm. Well, I also found, you know, I kind of left a hole uh, in that biology for something that I, I hadn't come up with yet. And that's going to come out in Uprising Russia that uh, uh, the zombies, you know, how a zombie can go through a winter, freeze like a corpsicle, and then come spring, thaw out and be able to revive and be active again. Well, there's actually... A biological um, explanation for that, you know. So if you've seen zombie movies like uh, *Dead Snow*, where they come up out of the ice, well, there's a an insect in Alaska, a beetle, that actually does that. It can freeze solid and then come spring it thaws out and it's alive again. And there's a reason for that, and I use that reason uh, in *Uprising Russia*, which is why you know, you know, the frozen wastelands of vast Mother Russia, and you know. Come spring there's zombies again. And and that's kinda of fun. So I've got the science, I've got you know, firearms, I've got all kinds of good stuff to keep it, you know, interesting and fun.
0: So the the listeners are going to hear this in, in probably about a week or so. I've got something that's gonna put up there and I'll leave it up for about three or four days and then this will go up. So they're gonna hear this and they're gonna know uprising's coming. So but what's gonna happen is they're gonna read Uprising and they're probably some of them are going to come back and listen to this again because they want to hear what's going to happen next. Uh, in Uprising Russia and Uprising UK. What I'm wondering, mm-hmm. you got, you almost, you touched on a little bit of supernatural in there. And, yeah, that's a little. Is there going to be a little bit more information on that one coming out in the, uh,
1: upcoming ones? Um, let's see, what can we say? What can I, I say about that? Um, some of the guys might be going, Let's just say they might take a little detour going up into Norway and deal with some Norse uh, mythology. I don't know if they've decided to do that yet, but uh, with my story arc, I'm going to go, uh, you know, because I'm looking for somebody. Somebody's been captured, so I'm looking for them, and that's going to take me into Russia. And also there's going to be some other signs that lead me to Russia and, and something I've got to accomplish. Um, as far as th- the supernatural goes, Uprising UK really gets into a lot more supernatural stuff with a character that is in another book that I've written that I've not yet published yet called Silvershot. And that character that, uh, and I'm not going to give anything away from Silvershot, but that character is, uh, kind of a main villain in Uprising UK, which is kind of interesting. I don't know why I put that character in there. I just did just because it was fun and I could, uh, take a lot of artistic license on that one. But, uh, the supernatural stuff gets kind of, you know, let's just say it goes from being reality-based to what it. What would you do? And it kind of gets a little comic, bush, kind of comic bookish, you know, with the, uh, you know, larger to life characters and villains and and stuff. But Uprising Russia, I'm going to come back down to a little bit more realistic level. We're going to be dealing with uh, uh, supernatural, but in things that, you know, in a way that is a little bit familiar. And to me, that's what makes it a little scarier. Um, Uprising Russia is going to definitely be scarier. That's, that's all I can say about that one right there.
0: Alright. But, uh, was what, funny is you wrote, you used a lot of, uh, a lot of Weedy Armed guys on there. Just regular guys on the forums. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was on Weedy Armed about two years ago and I forget why it was something. I think because Joe was on there or something and he was on the show and he had posted mm-hmm. something. And then I didn't get back on forever until I read that book. And I was like, well, i got to get back on this forum. Seems, these are a bunch of cool guys. It seems like I, I knew them after I read the book. You know, did that – the way you guys were writing it kind of together, is that what inspired you to use them and their names and their characteristics that they kind of, I guess, displayed on the forums as long as you had known them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and some of the guys I've actually met, um, they've came up – some of the guys from Arizona came up for a training course. And uh, so, yeah – that's the thing about Uprising um, I haven't mentioned before yet, but uh, in what I've written, everybody, every character, every person that that I mention, either by name or description, uh, including the one I took the, you know, I looked at that uh, nickel-plated 38 Super, you know, these are all people that I know. Uh, I might have changed their names. I might have uh, altered their appearance slightly to protect the innocent or, you know, not impugn the guilty, but they're all real people. Um, you know, I've got a, a friend uh, in the Air Force. Um, he goes by the handle Outbreak, and, you know, I reference him a lot in, in Uprising. Um, you know, I've got friends in, uh, you know, other units that get mentioned, and, uh, you know, the other guys... Uh, that are writing, they're writing themselves, so that's them, and it's it's just a lot of fun. This, that's what kind of makes Uprising very different from, you know, any other zombie book. I've never read anything like it.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. That's why, you know, it's kind of, uh, and I like zombie books, you know, I've read both of Max Brooks's books, and, you know, if there's a zombie movie, even if it's a horribly low-budget movie, you know, I still watch it, and... I'm Into it, and uh, it was really cool. in the first person, personal perspective, and uh, I had some really fun characters. You know, like old Musket. He was probably my favorite. You know, it's the kind of guy you want to hang out with. Loads plastic guns. And That's my only problem with him because I like some plastic guns. Yeah, and uh, always drinking well, Guinness.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's good stuff. It's, it's it's very good stuff. But see, Musket, he's a member of the forum. He also happens to be in real life my own brother. Who in real life can act that way at the drop of a dime and can do that all day long, stay in character no matter what's going on? He can be that Uncle Musket character, and it's just absolutely hilarious. So when I'm writing him, I'm really writing, you know, I'm writing my brother. You know, so this is somebody who, you know, I know very well. So uh, when you read Musket as as colorful as he is, it's there's something really genuine there. Because him and and he had a character that he talks about in uh, in his own discussions when you're talking with him, you know Father O'Donovan, who is actually fictitious, but in the Musket universe, he's a real guy. So I put him in Uprising and reference him, and that's kind of it's just a lot of fun, you know, hanging out, you know, with your friends in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. You know, you see something cool, go ahead and grab it, kind of thing. And you can't take it too seriously. I don't want anybody to take this, you know, take uprising too seriously because it's all kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek. I mean, for crying out loud, you know, I make myself the President of the United States. I make myself the King of England. I'm going to make myself the uh, <laughs> Tsar of Russia and then the Emperor of China. And then, of course, the Emperor of the World. And then I'm, you know, it, it, it's it's outlandish, but it's just really fun. And along the way, you know, I'm going to be meeting a uh, uh, Marine infantryman. Yeah, I was going to say, the, I and, heard there's somebody else
0: that people may know that that's going to be in, in this that does something.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a uh, a, a fairly large role uh, for a, a certain uh, Marine Corps infantryman who's going to be leading a. Uh, the surviving contingent of uh, U.S. forces in Japan on the assault into China to overcome the great evil that is going to be uh, there in China, and uh,
0: that's going to be cool. I can't wait to read that.
1: It. It's going to be very cool. It's going to be it's going to be cool. You're going to you're going to love it. So you know, uh, and I'll talk. I'll be talking with you a little bit more. About that, as soon as Uprising Rush is finished,
0: because you know whenever that whenever that one's finished, and I, I read that one and read whatever that guy's role is in it, that I may have to put something down on paper too and fill in the gaps for myself, like the other guys are doing. I think that'd be fun.
1: And see, that would be absolutely awesome because that makes it better. Because that absolutely makes it better. Because when you play long in this world, it gets kind of addictive. And w- what I publish, what I'm publishing in Uprising is only what I wrote. So that leaves room for you to publish what you write, and you can go to uh, uh, Smashwords, and you can, uh, you know, publish an ebook version. So if you've got like a Kindle or a Nook or even just a PDF reader, you can publish your stuff. I'm going to create a web page, actually a whole website that kind of keeps track of Uprising with the time right, uh, the t- all the timelines, so you can get the whole story. Because if you just read Uprising USA the beginning, my book, that's coming out really soon, it's, you're only getting my, my point of view. And there's lots of other point of views out there. So it's gonna be, uh, I'm trying to make it, I don't know if you've read the Horace Heresy series. It's kind of a war in the 40,000s. But, you know, it's a huge epic scale with multiple writers. Uh, This is kind of the same thing. So basically, one of my listeners
0: could read Uprising USA. And, Fit himself into your scenario, into your story. Write something down, whether it's you know just a few thousand words or a whole novel, and basically have him running into you and doing this and that and working together and doing operations that you know you sanction or whatever, and tie it all together and make it an uprising, make it his part of it, and use the guns that he wants that he has as his zombie plan or the uh, the survival methods that he would have in his zombie plan and everything else. So it's like an uh, interactive absolutely. story, I guess you could say. It's uh that's fun.
1: It is, and and on the form you can take, uh, you know, your favorite songs, find the music video on YouTube, and you can embed that into your post. So when you read your post, you press play on the on the music video, and you can listen to the music while you read, and that really helps set the tone, and the pace of what you're reading, and it adds another dimension because now all of a sudden you got a book with a soundtrack. And that makes it even more fun. Um, but I encourage people to read the book because we've got a lot of guys, and not just me, you know, I'm not doing this just for me, but for all the other uprisers, you know, that they can get published themselves and, uh, you know, because they've worked so hard on it. And if it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for WeTheArm.com, uprising would have stopped after like page two. It, it really would have. But it's the other, it's the other we the Armed members that started writing and encouraging that it just kept going and going and get bigger and bigger. And now it's, it's, it's going to be fast.
0: That's cool. That's going to be fun. I, I started reading Uprising UK on the We the Armed and I had to make myself stop. I said, like, you know what? I'm going to wait until it comes out in a book or, you know, I can get the whole thing. So, uh, mm-hmm. and then I, then I wouldn't be able yeah. to get, cause you, You can, I could almost feel myself not really getting confused, but when somebody else would post something, they would have to wait till you had something else come out or something. And so, you know, I'm going to read them all. I'll read the George's and then, uh, you know, I'll go back and read everybody else's little thing. So it, it makes more sense, I guess.
1: Yeah. There's different ways you can go about it because there's some guys that'll, that'll go back to day one and everybody else is on like day 20. And, uh, and that's cool, but. You know, you do want to kind of keep it chronological so you, you you know, you can, you know, go back and forth and, and follow, you know, one person's story arc. But, you know, it's, overall, it is one of the most incredible things that I've read. Not, not just what I've wrote. You know, I'm not talking about what I wrote. What all the other guys are writing, some of the most incredible writing that I have ever read. And I, and I'm saying this sincerely. I'm not blowing sunshine on, on on, on anything. You know, some of the writing is like, hmm, that's interesting. But some of it's like, grabs you by the throat and you can't stop reading. You have to go in. And I find myself skipping forward to that person's next post. What happens next? I mean, the stuff is, is good. It's really good. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm looking forward to reading, reading what, uh, uh, what you might be throwing in there. You know, that's going to be fun. You know, a little perspective. Uh, A little description of what's going on in the base there in, uh, in Japan and, and those details. Those, those details really do add to the story. So that's, that's all going to be great. But we're not there yet. We've, we, I've got to take care of Putin. So. (laughs) Oh, he's still alive, huh? Um, you know, I think he's going to be because, I mean, who in Russia is going to be able to, uh, uh, be in the best position to survive, you know, a bare shirted Vladimir Putin with a rifle saving uh an african lion, you know. That guys kind of insane. So uh, I think I might have him there. I have uh another celebrity there um that makes a uh, uh an appearance in Uprising. Um let's see. Sarah Palin. Yeah. And one of the other uprisers has Chris Costa and Travis Healy- McGee.
0: Did you talk to Sarah and ask her if she could write her part of the book?
1: Oh no, no, that's the great (laughs) thing about being a writer and and using artistic license and satire. So I have every right to make Sarah, uh, Sarah Palin the, uh, the president of the Republic of Alaska and have her invade Canada. So, you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun. That's cool. I think I might have given away a little bit too much there. Maybe. But that story arc, that story arc I kind of left hanging because I've got some members in Canada that were writing some and I'm hoping that they write some about the war between uh, Canada and Alaska just for fun. But uh, that might come up again towards Uprising China or towards, you know, uh, towards the end of, of that book, you know, maybe coming back and fighting Alaska. I don't know. I have a lot of love for Alaska. You know, I'm wanting to buy property up there. So, so, so you you Alaskans don't get offended at that, but, uh, it's all in fun.
0: All right, George. So the zombie apocalypse goes down. Let's get into this. So you wake up one morning, you turn on the news, and there's zombies running around killing everybody and you know, mass hysteria, everything else that's going to go along with us. What's the first thing you do?
1: first thing I do is I check my sidearm. You know, That's my parachute. I'm going to make sure my parachute's ready to go. And I'm probably going to be using a Glock. Um, I really like the 40 caliber for its stopping and penetration. Um, so I'm probably going to go with my Glock 23, maybe a Glock 22 as well. Um, in Uprising, I use both. Uh, one of them, my Glock 22 suppressed. And uh, I'm, that's probably how I'd do it. I'd, I'd take the, uh, the Glock handguns because they can interchange the magazines and use the extended 30-round mags. Uh, that would be a good sidearm. My main, re- main weapon... Um, gonna have to use my M4, and I know I wrote the uh, I wrote the article Why I Hate the AR-15/M16 article. However, I actually really do like it. Uh, I'm gonna take my M4, uh, my Crusader M4, and uh, because I've got magazines, I've got the ammo for it, and you know, high capacity, low recoil, great accuracy, which is what you need for the zombies. But uh, backing all of that up, shotgun. I'm a huge fan of the 12 gauge. And I'm going to have my 12 gauge with me at all times. Other guns, um, are useful in certain situations such as, uh, sniper rifles and things like that. But,
0: and see, that's my thinking on, on the AR platform. So I have maybe a, a 16 or a 14 and a half or 10 or whatever short barrel rifle that, you know, I can hit somewhere up to 200 yards with no trouble with well, a 16 inch barrel. I mean, I'm hitting out, you can hit up to 500, 600, you know, fourteen and a half, about the same. You know, so we, I mean, we have guys qualify with fourteen and a half inch barrel m 4 all the time at five hundred yards, and no trouble hitting man-sized targets. But you got to be able to hit headshots to really drop them. So you got to bring that brings that range in a little bit closer. But um, you know, I like the uh, the M4 too, and just have a different upper receiver that's uh, a precision rifle upper. Throw that thing on, mm-hmm. and now you're you're stretching your range out with a little bit more accuracy, taking those headshots at a distance using the exact same ammunition.
1: Exactly, exactly. So you got a lot of versatility in that. And the accuracy, I mean, the 16 inch, you know, uh, I'm not in the service anymore, so, and I don't have any class 3 stuff. So I've got to have that uh, 16 inch barrel. But that gives you a lot of versatility and accuracy. As far as headshots, you'd be surprised. You know, if you got a pack of zombies out there at 500 yards, you might not be able to smoke them, you know, with a headshot. But you start, you know, lighting them up, you break pelvis, you break bones like that, and that's going to slow them down a little bit. And once they slow down, then you can take your time and make that, you know, that coup de grace and, and put them down with a nice headshot. So that that kind of penetration and accuracy, you know, that's what you want. Uh, I'd hate to probably, you know, I'd really hate it if I was, like, up in the mountains and i come down out of the mountains and find the zombie apocalypse had and all I had is, you know, my 7 mm rim mag. As much as I love 7MN Remmag with my, you know, four-shot magazine and my Remington 700, uh, with a, you know, 12-power scope, that's, that is definitely the wrong gun to have.
0: Yeah. You know, I heard, uh, I heard you like nukes. And, and you, you may have nuked some people.
1: <laughs> well, see, see, that's just a, that's, that's an ugly rumor. I, I, I never actually, uh, well, okay, yeah, maybe I did once. But, yeah, I, You know, rumor has it that I dropped a nuke on Salt Lake City, uh, in Uprising, uh, just because, you know, I'm not a fan of the city. Um, I love Utah. I think it's a great state, but I hate Salt Lake City. It's, it, 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 it's, it's not the heat. It's the humanity as the saying goes. It's, there's way too many people in this little tiny bowl of a city and everybody's, you know, driving on the same strip, I-15 up and down and everybody's you know, the most important person in the city at any given time. So the traffic is absolutely the worst in the United States, I think. I've been all over the the U.S., Washington, D.C., L.A., and let me tell you, Salt Lake City, the traffic there absolutely sucks because the only rule, the only traffic law there that is really in any effect is that if you don't make eye contact, you have the right-of-way. So I'm just like you know I hate it. So right there, the worst place where the that's where I drop the nuke. <laughs> i I dropped a Moab in the story. So,
0: but it doesn't matter. Everybody still thinks it's a nuke. So so you get your guns, and you know obviously you're probably going to gather up the family, and uh, you know you're, you're just going to bug in there at the ranch.
1: Well, see that's a great thing where I'm living is we've got some geographical isolation, and we've got a lot of natural resources. So we could probably just let the entire rest of the country burn and we would actually do pretty well. However, there's reasons, uh, that I write about that we need to go into the city, uh, for different things. And it starts out as a rescue mission. Then it goes out, you know, I've got a lot of people here because a lot of people have been coming in and I, you know, we pick up survivors along the way and bring them back. And next thing you know, we've got a lot of people we get to feed. And that requires more supplies than what we had prepared. So we go back into the city uh to find supplies and you know, it just kinda grows. Um but yeah, my zombie plan is to uh you know, fortify uh, you know, my area of operations here and uh all my friends their zombie plan is to get here. So
0: see, uh, see my uh my plan is basically you know, I'm right here in Japan. I've got to acquire, acquire weapons and ammunition because I don't have them here in my house. And, uh, if it's in the summertime, I'm good. I can just kind of bug in, disable the elevator in case zombies are somehow smart and they can use the elevator and block the stairs that come up. And we got really strong doors to withstand typhoons and such. So, uh, and it's a really strong building, you know, block the stairs, live up here and I could just take, live off canned food and other stuff from other, uh, people that live in my tower with me. Basically, survive that way for quite a while. And then eventually, you know, maybe, maybe grab a boat and I'm on an island and my base is right by the water and I could just kind of roll around and use that boat as like a sniper platform, just taking out zombies mm-hmm. and raiding ASP and get all the uh, ammo out of the ammo supply point and just get a team and start dwindling down the zombies. I guess you could say till we could secure some yeah. aircraft and really drop some zombies. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. but summertime, my son's here, uh, Gabe, who lives in the states with his mom. Every, all the other, so that's the year. Mm-hmm. So, but in the wintertime, I would probably have to call one of you guys up and get hold of you and tell you to go down to, uh, North Carolina and do a little rescue mission down there, which might would work into a later book.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, one of the uprisers is actually, uh, law enforcement. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to say he's a police chief, uh, but, you know, he's, he's, uh, he could probably, uh, make a rescue run and then, you know, his story comes out west and, uh, it's, that could definitely happen. Let's see, there's also a caravan of, of, uh, soldiers leaving Fort Pickett with, uh, uh, striker fighting vehicles and they cross country coming out to Utah. And, uh, so yeah, yeah, we could give him safe passage. We, we, we can assure that. If he survives the initial uprising,
0: well, I would imagine that he would probably survive, but uh, his mom and, and everybody else probably wouldn't. That's what I'm kind of probably thinking.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's all about mental strength and uh, your mindset, your 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 survival instincts. You know, because if you can make it past the first, say, the first three days, your chances of survival actually really go up if you're not near a city. But if you're in a city, yeah, you're probably just hosed. Especially if it's a liberal city and nobody's got guns around you. Yeah,
0: it's just you trouble.
1: You can just imagine they're all zombies. Like Tokyo. You know, you got the warrior mindset. You got the you know, the you've got the uh uh you know, the descend- descendants of the samurai, but they're all unarmed. Yeah, they're screwed. They're hosed. Sorry, Tokyo. That's too bad. Love your cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, London, um, you yeah, know, most of the world gets really depopulated in uprising. uprising. Uh, England is almost completely depopulated. There's only a couple thousand people left in whole. Um, California, you know, vastly depopulated, except for, you know, up in, you know, northern California and places in, in kind of eastern California where there's a lot more uh, uh, conservative people. So basically, uh, you know... Liberals and vegetarians tend tend to not survive so long. Oh, what a shot! Oh,
0: can can, can a vegetarian (laughs) become a zombie because they're vegetarians? They don't eat meat.
1: Well, that's you know that's that's the thing. You know they you know maybe they just eat other vegetarians. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe that's it. But you know you got something scary like the zombie apocalypse. You know you got to to get ready to roll. Um, so just any kind of, your normal preparedness is good for the zombie apocalypse. You know, you got your bug out bag, you got some, uh, MREs and some other stuff like that ready to go, uh, you're probably gonna be okay. Just like if you had a typhoon, just like if you had a tornado or an earthquake or a tsunami, uh, if you had just, just a normal power outage, uh, for some reason, like a bad ice storm or a wind storm. And all of a sudden now you've got some isolation and you've got, uh, kind of a breakdown of society. Well, that's when you enact your zombie plan.
0: Yeah, that's the fun thing about zombie plans. You know, it's not all about taking headshots. It's, uh, all the little things that go along with it. The, it's a fun way for us to, you know, think about going offensive, think about going defensive and, uh, basically mm-hmm. just surviving without the cost of, uh, I guess, surrendering our morals, I guess you could say.
1: Right. I- I- exactly. It's, you know, you just kind of think about, you know, you look at it, you wonder, wherever you're at listening to this pod- podcast, look out the window and just imagine just playing Grand Theft Auto, you know, pedestrians or zombies, any car with keys in it and some gas is fair game, go for it, you know, have fun. Um, stuff that, you know, you do have to let go of your normal, um let's say ethical restrictions um, in uprising you know we I snag a you know a couple of cool trucks a cool car and that leads to uh you know military vehicles and I grab a you know Humvees and then uh the new military um, MATV vehicle which I keep and take all the way through into uprising UK and it may even make it into uprising Russia and then we're going to you know grab some other cool vehicles. It, it's it's just fun. You just act like you're 14, you know. Just think of that mindset and have some fun with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I really doubt that there's many people that listen to Gunfighter Cast that I haven't thought about extensively what they would do if the zombies came and have somewhat of a zombie plan, whether it's in their head or in writing. I would really venture to say that most everybody who listens to me talk would we'll probably really be into uh, planning for the zombie apocalypse at some level.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, we all do. You know, we we practice with high-capacity high weapons, and, you know, we do a lot of tactical drills. And, you know, I live in, in Utah, and we talk about zombies, and I use zombie targets in the training just to help a little levity and help students remember what we're talking about and have a little fun with it. However, there are real, real threats out there. You know, we've got the Los Zetas cartel that's, uh, military trained, uh, drug lords and they are, they're, they're coming up. They're, they're working their way north into the states. We've had.
0: And we have the ATF cartels, supplying them.
1: And the ATF supplying and the MS-13 gang yeah. as well. You know, government sponsored, uh, uh, and just abs- the absolute worst, uh, worst gang in the world. Makes the hell makes the hell's angels look like uh, you know primary school teachers. You know these guys are absolutely ruthless, and uh, so there's real danger out there. Even in my neck of the woods, there's real threats. So no matter where you're at, you know you think about zombies and think about you know what could you do to protect yourself, your loved ones, and what would happen if there's a breakdown in society. You know what would happen if. The avian bird flu was as bad as everybody thought it was going to be, you know. And all of a sudden, the supply trucks don't make it to the grocery stores anymore. The trains stop running, and power stations go down. Uh, you have that breakdown in society. Some places, you're screwed. You know, Las Vegas would become, you know, very troubled. So people living in Las Vegas would have to be very well prepared. You know, I'm lucky where I'm at now, where we've got some, you know, really good resources. But uh, every everybody's situation is different. And you got to prepare for that.
0: Yep. It's uh, it's interesting and it's it's fun to think about. And that's why I think Uprising was such a fun book because it was it was basically one man what he's thinking about doing, what could happen. Then it seems like he just kind of went crazy. Like, well, you know, what I did this, I might as well do this too. And and everybody else adding into it their own thing and stuff. It's uh it's a good time. It's, it's funny who survives. It's funny the kind of people who made it. And it's funny the kind of people. And I think that's, re- I think that's realistic in a way. Um, it's funny. You go to a town and when you at the beginning of uprising UK, I was reading and you realize that why nobody survived. Oh yeah. They don't have any guns. They have no way to fight back. You know, it's uh mm-hmm. it's very realistic in census like that. You know, I was waiting in an uprising USA for you to run across Carolyn McCarthy or, uh, or uh Sarah Brady. I was really expecting that, but it didn't happen. I was kinda of disappointed in that. You
1: know, I was thinking about having fun with that. Um, but you know, there's always room for that. There's always room for that. Um, you know, going into Uprising Russia, we do, you know, meet Vladimir Putin. In Uprising UK there's still room for, you know, some some celebrity or some official. And I'm thinking maybe celebrity like Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. Maybe I might find him, and he's running around with a uh, World War II Panzer tank or something. You know, there's anything's possible. Any of the other uprisers can throw something like that out there, and um, just we're just having a lot of fun with it. And I hope the readers enjoy it as much as we enjoyed writing it.
0: Yeah, and the the realism side. I mean, it's realistic as you can make zombies. Uh, the things that you did from preparedness standpoint, and the things that others were doing to survive and stuff, you could—I uh, mean, some of it would actually have some kind of practical application. Oh, I didn't think about that. It's a good idea. You know, it's uh, so not everything's just completely joking, tongue-in-cheek. You know, we're running around slaying zombies. I mean, there's other things in there too that that uh, could be quite useful. I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, there is. There is, and if it makes somebody think, if it helps somebody give them ideas for their uh, emergency preparedness or their zombie plan however, however you want to call it and they in, enjoy it and they get a little uh, entertainment while making them think hey I could do this to really improve you know I was thinking you know water storage I've got a well but you know so I've got, I've got water I don't need to tap into any municipal sources but just having some extra water you know in case I've got you know 200 people come in on a, a couple of Greyhound buses and they need you know we need to take care of these guys uh, you know, a couple 55 gallon drums full of water would do really well. I could add that to my, my preparedness plan. That's something that, you know, given some time, I can acquire the drums, I can fill them up and, you know, little things like that or whatever it is. I need some medical supplies. Um, vitamins, you know, if, if you, if you're living on cracked wheat that, cause that's all you have in your food storage, well, uh, you're going to be deficient on other things. So you need to look at supplements. And, uh, you know, it's, there's a whole, I mean, here's what you need to do. You need to spend a month writing down everything that you use, your consumer products, toilet paper, um, vitamin tablets and all these stuff, all the stuff that you use, write that stuff down because that's the stuff that you, you live with, you live on and you're used to. So you need to make sure that you've got some stockpile of that.
0: Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's, uh, the the zombies, you know, it's. It it could happen, and we got to be ready for it. It may not be zombies, yeah. but it may be something.
1: It, it might not be zombies. You know, zombies is just an analog, but you never know, man. You never know. Yep, you never know. It, it Maybe it could be zombies. I mean, because we've got enough Democrats out there, so
0: yeah, we got plenty of them. <laughs>
1: but you know what?
0: That's kind of that's kind of a generalization, though. You know, it's uh there's, there's, might be a, there's some Democrats out there that are a little bit better than those Republicans, and there's, you know, vice versa. You never know. It's uh. What
1: do you think about it? the Democrats want to take? They're all the screwed Democrats up in a different
0: way, away. I guess you could say, right now.
1: Yeah. yeah, they want my guns. They want to take control of my health care, and, uh, uh you know, they want to tax me to death, and, uh, uh I, I want to protect my family that way, so.
0: Well, you don't need to protect your family. They want to be able to say that they're protecting your family. Oh, you yeah.
1: don't have any rights. They want to protect my to family for
0: me. Yeah, they they have the power for yeah. that. Bunch of vegetarians. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of like you know we're we're dealing with the undead you know in the political arena already. So.
0: Yeah, and any gun that has a barrel shroud is evil. You know. Or
1: the shoulder thing that goes yes,
0: up. Yes, that's what a barrel shroud is, right? A shoulder thing that goes up. <laughs> Ridiculous. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's who we're dealing with. The mindless masses of unthinking, unthinking hordes that want to take everything that you have.
0: Well, I don't want to be a slave to the zombies. So, uh, I'm going to read Uprising and be prepared. Now, George, when's
1: the, when's the Uprising going to be published? When can we buy it? Um, we're going to be doing, we're going to be starting the pre-orders very soon. And the pre-order guys are going to be getting autographed copies. And then shortly after that, it's going to be, um for general order, um you know, for the, you know, the main publishing. I, I'm not, I'm not a publisher. I don't, I don't know exactly how that all works, but the general release will be there and it's going to be available on Amazon.com, uh, your Kindles, your Nooks and all that jazz. You'll be able to get it, uh, however you want it.
0: See, I'm not blowing smoke when I say oh. this and I'm not trying to, trying to blow it up like it's out of proportion or something. I'm dead serious when I say this. I want an autograph, first run comedy because I think I think we're gonna have a movie. I think I think I think a movie wouldn't be good. I'd rather not have a movie. I'd rather have a series. Personally, I think that would be so much fun. It's almost like like Jericho meets the zombie apocalypse. And uh, I, I, the people who canceled Jericho and Firefly, uh, there's a cold, there's there's a place in hell, a special place for those people.
1: I think. Think there is, but I think Jericho, because it was more about social breakdown. You know, I think Jericho, if it had zombies, would still be on the air.
0: Yeah, it would have. I think so too. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm telling you, I want to, I want to autograph first run copy because one, it might be worth something one day. And like I told you the other day in the email, it's like you better. I want to be a tactical advisor for when this thing's filming, so <laughs> nobody screws up magazine changes and reloads and everything else. This thing needs to be good. So I, bring me on.
1: It, need, it does. It does. It needs to be good. So I, I will see what I can do. And I'm going to hold the book uh, aside for you, and hopefully I'll be able to give it to you at uh, the MAG-40 class, Masada Yub's class out in uh, Salt Lake City.
0: Cool. I can't wait for that. All right, so those guys listening to Gunfighter Cast, if you're going to be at the MAG-40 up there for the Gun Dudes MAG-40 in Utah, George and Joe uh, are going to be out there from Crusader and letting you guys try some slipstream and check out their guns. And, uh, basically tell you what they do, I guess you could say. So don't miss that.
1: Absolutely. And if anybody wants to get more into the uprising universe, uh, join weediarum.com and, uh, uh, get in, jump in with both feet and, uh, be, be a part of the uprising. Because the title uprising, it's not necessarily about the, uh, it's not about the zombies. Uprising is about the people. It's, it's about empowering yourself and taking control of your own destiny. So, it's, it's, it's about you. It's about the members of We The Armed. So, join up, join the fun, and uh,
0: start running your part of Uprising.
1: Exactly. What would you do? Answer that question, answer that in your head. What would you do right now? Zombies happen, right now, with what you've got. You're not home. If, if you're if you're at work, how would you going to get to your guns, your gun stash? You know, you know, what would you do? That's the basic premise of Uprising. So take that question and run with it, you know, and, and have fun with it. Enjoy it.
0: Well, thanks, George. Always fun talking to you. And when I get – well, I think what's happened with our ballistic theater, I've got the website and everything. Just let the listeners know because I get emails asking about it because people want to hear it. It's been really hard.
1: Yeah, we need to do that more.
0: Yeah, I t- – we, we may be able to, to eventually up some, and do one or two. We've had some progress on it, but when I get back to the yeah. states and we're on a similar time zone, this is definitely going to happen. If we have to wait until then, it's still going to happen. Cause, uh,
1: yeah, we need, to, we need to do that because yeah, we, we've had a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. We've had, uh, what you had the big earthquake in Japan. We've had, uh, some stuff happen here on, on different levels, um, that really kind of, you know, put a crunch on scheduling. Um, but, yeah, I, I totally want to do it and run with that.
2: Well, all right, George. Always a pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to seeing you in Utah in September. We'll see you then.
1: Right on. Right on. All right, Matt. Well, you have a good Sabbath, and uh, I'll talk to you later.
2: Well, that was it for episode number 44. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with an ogre. It's got a little giveaway coming up at episode number 50. That's my first real milestone I guess. Taking me a while to get there, but now I'm getting close to episode number fifty. And I was trying to think about what I should give away or should do something for that as a celebration I guess. And I decided that I'm gonna give away nothing gun related unless you have gun podcasts on it. But a iPod nano. This is the sixteen gigabyte one, the hundred seventy five dollar one. And all you have to do to be entered to win that iPod Nano is be on the Gunfighter Cast Facebook page. Go to Facebook, Gunfighter Cast, and like it. And uh, that's all you have to do. You'll be entered to win out of everybody on there. I'll give you all a number, and we'll see who wins. And I'll fill it full of all 50 episodes of Gunfighter Cast, and probably an assortment of many other podcasts from the Gun Rights Radio Network. And I will announce that on episode number 50. Alright, well, thanks for listening, and until next time, Gunfighter Cast.